Welcome to Talkin' Docs, the monthly show where we dive into the world of documentaries and review them for your listening pleasure. Why documentaries, you may ask? Well, documentaries have the power to inform, educate, and entertain us in ways that few other mediums can. They allow us to delve deep into a subject, explore different perspectives, and challenge our assumptions. But with so many documentaries out there, it can be overwhelming to decide what to watch. That's where we come in. On Talkin' Docs, we'll cover a wide range of topics, from politics and social issues to art, science, and nature. So whether you're a seasoned documentary buff or just dipping your toe into the genre, Talkin' Docs is the perfect place to discover new films, expand your horizons, and join the conversation about the world around us. Hi, welcome to Talkin' Docs. This is a brand new show. My name is Jennifer Smith, and I am here with two co-hosts for this debut episode. You might know them from right here on the No-So, uh, a little show, I think they got canceled because of it, but it was called From the Squared Circle to the Silver Screen, where they reviewed movies that involved wrestlers. So I stole them, I uncanceled them, and I forced them to do this show, which is reviewing documentaries. My good friends, Logan Croslin and the Cowboy. How are you? I'm doing great tonight. And uh, we're just doing wrestling documentaries here, right? No. No, Damn. we're not. I'm just <laughs> no, I'm just playing. It's good to be here. Cowboy and Crossland, we're back, baby. <laughs> back again. I can't believe it. Y'all riding again. How's it feel? Feels good. Yeah, I like riding a bike. I mean, <laughs> we were upset about the cancellation. Don't get, well, don't get me wrong. It was... Um, you know, I, I frankly thought there were, you know, some other candidates that maybe should have gone before us. No, we're not going to name, name oh, any yeah? names, but but we're we're happy to be back. And and Jenny, thank you for the opportunity. Of course. So I, it's been you know in the works for a little while. I've been wanting to revamp my shows, do some different stuff, some new stuff I want to talk about. So, um, and I wanted to talk movies, but not like horror movies like Freak Out Drive-In, which will return in October for the entire month. Um, I wanted to do something that I don't hear about much. I don't really see a lot of podcasts that review documentaries. And documentaries are huge right now across all streaming. Um, I think that Pre-COVID was a little bit documentary time, but during COVID, mm -hmm. I feel like they exploded. Um, documentaries got us through a lot of things. <laughs> like, um, And like me, I get stuck on them. Like I will find a topic and then find all these documentaries about it. So that's sort of what I wanted to do with this podcast. Um, Logan. What is your, what is, uh, you're not a movie guy per se. <laughs> oh. So, so what dry, what draws you to the documentary reviews? Um, well, I am a movie guy. I just watch mm -hmm. the same 30, 35 <laughs> movies over and over and over again. So it's just, it's not that I'm not a movie guy. I just haven't really branched out and watched a ton of different things. Um, but documentaries are just interesting. You learn about a lot of interesting topics that you may not have even known existed or known, like, like what we're going to talk about tonight. I didn't know a ton about, uh, the, the topic we have tonight, but, um, yeah, just introduces you to a whole different 
gaggle of things that you may not know exist. Um, and you can learn a little bit more about stuff you may know uh, is around. Uh, it's just, it's a whole new world to be able to learn about. And maybe you can get a little bit more details on stuff maybe you'd know a little bit about. But uh, it's just a good way to learn about things that, uh, yeah, it's just a good way to learn. I'll say that. <laughs> I agree. That's how I feel about, uh, that's how I know like 80% of the things I know. Anyway, yeah, exactly. uh, watching <laughs> Uh, what about you? Yeah, I watch a lot of um, a lot of different stuff, and I, I do enjoy documentaries. Um, the top the topic we're going to cover tonight is one that I, I've watched a number of documentaries on, and it's interesting because for me with documentaries, like documentaries, like I prefer kind of a long format where it's multiple mm-hmm. multiple episodes versus just like a one hour and a half documentary, and I find myself uh, lost in them. Like mm-hmm. I, I like some like it'll take me it'll take me six months to watch the first episode. I'll kind of have my <laughs> kind of have my eye on it, and I'll find the time. But because I know once I watch the first episode, I'm like barely gonna sleep until until I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so that was certainly the case with, uh, with the one we're watching tonight. But yeah, huge documentary buff. And for me, like I, I hope that we can. Well, my goal for this show is to sort of group documentaries into seasons so for season one what we've chosen for our subject is cults so i I don't know how many we'll get in but i feel like we'll just do like a block of nothing but cult documentaries um we haven't picked them all yet so we're taking suggestions if you have any good cult documentaries of which there are many um but I want to get to, I don't know if you guys have seen any, but Ken Burns is my favorite documentarian. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's the, amazing. The baseball one he did was phenomenal. And then I fell in love World... with the Dust Bowl one. I don't know yeah. if anybody has watched this, but I've never been more consumed with dust in my life. Than <laughs> he did one, didn't he do one on the Civil War? As yes. Well? Yeah, that was that. really, really good. Yeah. He did the Prohibition era one that's good. So I will force you guys to watch like a shit ton of, of Ken Burns documentaries. They're fucking amazing. Uh, but we're going to focus on cults tonight. And we have started with the cult of cults. It is Heaven's Gate. This documentary is on HBO. You can watch it. It has four parts. So it's not too much of a time investment there. It's about an hour each, give or take, for each episode. And, I mean, it's pretty infamous cult. But I feel like a lot of people don't really know the absolute ins and outs. Like, I've listened to podcasts about heavenscape before and i was blown away like it was always just sort of a joke like you saw the saturday night live skit about it like you saw you know just parodies almost of this but i never really understood the ideals behind it or any of the people behind it absolutely i mean i I remember it happening Mm -hmm. of course but it it... Yeah, like I didn't understand like the, the details, right? It was kind of, you know, you have Waco and you have Jonestown mm-hmm. and you have mm-hmm. Heaven's Gate and there, you know, there are these tragic stories of, of mass suicides. Um, this one is particularly interesting, which we'll, uh, which we'll get into, I'm sure. 
Yeah, I was all of uh, four years old when the mass suicide <laughs> happened, so um, not super familiar with that. I think I knew the name, and I, I kind of knew what they were about, but I didn't. I had never deep dove it or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it was very interesting to get into, but we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> so, in uh, just right out of the gate, this episode, no was, pun intended. There, yeah, right out of the gate. Uh, <laughs> So this is from, I wanted to mention, this came out December 3rd of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I don't know. I, I guess that seems like such a long time ago now, but. <laughs> it really does, yeah. <laughs> that, was like, that was like another another time. Um, so what I like about this documentary is we get a lot of insider knowledge, a lot of insider uh, interviews from former members who did not uh, end up killing themselves uh, in the mass suicide, but that were in it for years and years and years and still have such a deep pull uh, into something that doesn't really exist anymore. I think that some documentaries take liberties with some of the facts, like there's, there's sometimes a big angle with a documentary it wants to lead you to a certain conclusion but this i felt legitimized um the whole story with all that extremely personal um insider interviews did you find that to be the case roger yeah so um the two former the two former members Mm -hmm. that they interviewed the most i thought it was a really smart choice to have one who has um like you know, realizes that, that, that Heaven's Gate was, was wrong, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Was, you know, was in there for a long time and just has came to the realization that, that this wasn't true, right? And then the other, who is kind of, happen, kind of happens at the end, right? But, you know, he's, throughout the, through, throughout the documentary, you can tell me, I mean, he's got a soft spot at the very least, mm-hmm. right, for, for, the, um, for the ideology and ultimately tells us that he, he feels that, that they did what they set out to do with the suicide and that he wished he would have done it with them, right, that mm-hmm. they, they are now at the next level. So I thought that was a, a really smart choice and it really, like, you know, showed, it kind of showed me like how, how someone with a certain set of circumstances could fall into, fall into this type of situation. Yeah, I I agree with what Roger said. I I like that it had kind of two perspectives, like, you know, you know, I think Frank was the kind of one that had the little bit of a speech impediment, but he, he was kind of more, uh, skeptical towards it, even when he was in it, I think he joined it with his girlfriend or whatever, his fiance or whatever they were at the time when they joined. Um, but he was like super in love with her and they both fell in love with the idea of what this, uh, cult or group was. Um, and he, he kind of shied away from it as he was, uh, within it. And then he eventually left because it was just something that he couldn't, uh, get along with him in his head anymore he just it, it didn't it didn't sit right with him but then uh, sawyer the other guy the kind of hippie uh lives off the land guy uh w- real weird dude but uh cool dude at the same time um but uh yeah he he thinks that 
Uh, he's still kind of semi-faithful to it. Obviously, he didn't go along with the suicide. He had his own issues that he had to deal with, and he left, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I liked that it kind of had this uh, opposing perspectives, kind of the guy that was like, kind of over it but the, the guy that was like i think they did the right thing and i kind of wish i did it with them but i just wasn't strong enough it's so sad and fascinating mm. to see his his sorrow about it you know and his mm-hmm. inability because he talks about like some of the reasons why he didn't is that he had all these sexual urges and stuff that he had been repressing they had all been repressing for all these years and it seemed like that was part of the reason that he kind of came out of it which we'll get to some of the um absolutely insane things that they did i i I use the word insane but you know i do have a lot of empathy for a lot of these people because they seemed they see well and a lot of cult cultists just seem to be looking for something and and this was at during the in the 70s in the mid 70s and a lot of those hippie people were looking for something else. You know, a lot of the hippie movement was dying out. You know, it's not as mainstream as it was. And um, so they're looking for something else. And um, here you have Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite, who eventually become known as T and Doe, as the founders of this religion. And it's based largely on a lot of Christian sort of ideas, uh, New Age stuff, and interestingly for me, ufology, because UFOs are a huge part of their belief system. I love that. I don't, I, this is the part that attracts me to this cult, if I'm being <laughs> super honest with you, because I'm, I, I'm all aboard all puns intended um, for any kind of UFO um, mythology or religion. Um, but they, they absolutely believed um, that the, U- I mean, in a nutshell and their beliefs also, interestingly, their beliefs morphed over time, which you can, you will see in cults as things as, cause this cult was for years, like 20 over 20 years. It's like, very sustained small cult but for a long time and with devoted members for most of that time and as things happen in a cult that challenges their belief system you will find that the leaders will have new rules and new things will happen to to make up for some of the things that are happening to them so you see that in this where some of their ideas about the UFOs start to change. Yeah, and like I thought the documentary did a good job of paint, showing us, and you you mentioned this, Jenny, right? That like while like today in 2023, their their beliefs seem pretty pretty wack pretty wacky, right? Mm-hmm. That it was it was it, not that it was mainstream at the time. But that, like the new age thing, and like the hit the hippie movement, like that was that was a thing at, at the time where these this th- this religion was not that far out there at the mm-hmm. time, right? Like it was more, you know, th- these people like were not necessarily 
you know, tinfoil hat type of people that were following this. It was a, it was a little more mainstream than it is today. And I think you alluded to it, Jenny. Um, the problem with 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 these uh, with with these cults, right, or any any you know any belief system, really, where where they they draw such solid lines, right? That T and O were, you know, they they were not that that they were the these leaders and not like not really human. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> but, yeah, they but, they were. Yeah, next level was exactly. Yeah, they, were above, they were above them in, in some kind of way. That when you draw these solid lines, like when she dies, mm-hmm. now you have to rejigger mm-hmm. the whole belief system in order to fit that narrative, right? You need to, exactly. her death needs to fit the narrative, and that like directly leads to the suicides, right? Is mm-hmm. so. She dies, and now that got her to the next level, and now she's coming back to pick us up. So the only way we can get to the next level is to die as well, right? And uh-huh. it's um, you see that with like you know, I'm sure we'll have other cult <laughs> cult documentaries, but you see that here where you know and like this was a thing in Waco where the ATF arriving. Well, now that has to fit our prophecy, right? Uh-huh. And ultimately, we're all gonna die in a fire and it's it's just very sad and i i don't think you can watch this and not empathize with the people these did not like the the followers did were not they didn't seem crazy they were just like you know they had different Uh stories but all in all they were really kind of looking for something to latch on to and and Uh a lot of and looking for inspiration and i mean frankly i think a lot of us (laughs) in yeah. life look for look for inspiration in places and they just happened to pick something that was you know became became catastrophic and it's one of these things where once you're once you're in it it's tough to see out of it and it's it like happens gradually but eventually you're going from attending a couple of ceremonies a week to potentially castrating yourself which is right, which is, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the with the odd ideology changes, it clearly happened, and you know, and I feel like Doe kind of starts to lose it a little bit once T's gone, but he has to kind of recover and like you know, he has to change things a little bit, and he has to like Roger said, he has to get it to fit the narrative um, that you know she she got to the next level, so we need to join her and we need to do this certain thing and we need to start living by this certain amount of rules and stuff like that, so. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you have to, I mean, and I feel bad for the two daughters. I think, uh, one of them is, one of them was T's daughter and then the other mm-hmm. was, uh, his, her mom and dad both joined and just kind of left her with her grandma or aunt or something like that. So, um, I, I feel the worst for them because especially the one with both parents that left. And I think they, I think the mom goes through with the mass suicide and then the dad had left, but he ends up committing suicide too because he felt mm-hmm. bad for leaving when that happened so I feel bad for them i feel bad for the people that you know stayed around and did did participate in the whole thing because it, it it like roger said it's just something to latch on to and you know if you're religious to a certain point and you were in that 70s vibe and you were in the hippie movement and all that kind of stuff you might just want to find something to latch on to and if you have those religious beliefs like getting to the next thing quicker 
or by, mm -hmm. by a certain way might be something that's appealing to you. Like, oh man, this is like a free ticket to heaven. Uh, I might, I might get there a little quicker than I was anticipating, but like this, the, they're promising this stuff and they're these chosen two people that can lead us there. So, I mean, it, it's sad that, that they deep dove it as much to, you know, like I just said, uh, consider castrating themselves or even castrating themselves and going through with it or, you know, uh, end, end up doing the suicide. So, I mean, it, it's sad for them to have done that, but it, it meant something to them while they were still living. So they felt like they did the right thing. So, I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. At that yeah. Point. And I think, like, I thought the documentary did a good job, and this is a common True. thing in cults. Um, that we should talk about is how the leaders don't hold themselves to the same standard <laughs> yeah, as, yeah, exactly. as the um, congregation or what, for, I guess that's what we could call followers. It, for lack yeah. of followers. There you go. Um, how T's daughter received letters from her like the, mm -hmm. the whole time while the other folks were essentially told if you're going to be part of this, you have to completely cut yourself off from the outside world, mm -hmm. including your family, essentially. And mm -hmm. as far as cult, as far as cults go, I guess that's, that's not the most egregious thing mm -hmm. to me that we, mm -hmm. that we've seen. Mm -hmm. um, but what did you guys think? I thought it was, you know, I thought that they were really, and they, you know, they kind of threw dough under the bus where he, he wasn't the last one to commit, commit right. suicide right they kind of were alluding to the fact that he was a bit of a coward in that in, yeah. in that regard and um so what do you think about that that they you know they do they do blame i think if there's blame here they put the blame on t and doe like well i mean everything sprung from their like chance meeting because he was you know he was a homosexual man in theater like he went he was a, a a music teacher and a theater teacher he was even at like the university of alabama for a little bit mm. and um had gotten in trouble had gotten kicked out of a couple of schools for his having relationships with students male students um and then he meets up with her and she literally abandons her family to go start this religion um to me i'm like the balls on these people you know because they basically just make it up together you know with her she was basically the driving force of it he he was very much led by her and when she was gone he had to scramble um and and you see that in a lot of the decisions that he made after she died I, it takes so much hubris to like invent a religion <laughs> like to me i'm just like why would anybody follow me like and they would just go out and they would put flyers out they would put ads out um they would try to promote themselves and their religion and to me that is so bold i don't know like I, I would never be able to i'd be like here's what i believe you know whatever like i would never expect any followers and all they did was like constantly reach out and try to get these people and eventually found them do you think that they believed it because i do I, I i absolutely do and i mean whether it was you know lsd driven or something when See, they came up with it like i you know even, even though even though she broke the rules with the letters, 
I, I, I feel that they, they, he, I think definitely believed all of it. Oh, I think her, her, her yes. as well. I don't think, I don't think they, she just made it up, like just made it up. And then was like, just trying, you know, just trying to be, you know, just like, like, I don't think there was horrible intentions there. I mean, it's very misguided, obviously, but uh-huh. I do think that they both, they both, they both were bought in. I don't What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think he was all in. Um, yeah. I think for sure, like at, at, from the beginning, he was all in. I think she was all in at the beginning. I think I don't want to say she didn't believe it. I think she believed it, but I also think she believed that there might be a chance that what they were promoting was not wrong, but maybe not the only way you could think. Um, but yeah, I, I think he was all in from the beginning, and I think you see that when she passes. Like, mm-hmm. I think he, I think he just goes too hard and too fast, and he. I mean, you could just see it in his eyes and those little like videos that he does. He's just, he just looks like an absolute lunatic. Um, and he yes, he lost it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lost she, it, but his whole world basically mm-hmm. fell apart. Right? She was mm-hmm. obviously the the real, you know, the the leader and. Yeah. He now he's being looked at as the singular leader, and it was just catastrophic. It was yeah, catastrophic. I mean, what he built, what he built in his mind mm-hmm. to account for her death, was catastrophic. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, he was just like, oh my gosh, like th- this goes against everything. We're supposed to be the chosen two, um, and you know, she passes away. She's not supposed to pass away. We're all supposed to go to this great mm-hmm. place together so i think it, even he could think like maybe maybe i'm thinking the wrong thing maybe the mm-hmm. may, maybe we should maybe we should all back out but like i think he was so deep into it that he was like all right i gotta scramble and find a way to make yeah. this make sense and you know there's they, they they touched on this in the documentary but there's really something to be said so they referred to it as brainwashing and there was mm-hmm. this, there was this kind of this back and forth on whether these people were brainwashed and, you know, the thing that really, it stuck out to me, and I think, like, frankly, we experience it in other <laughs> facets of life today. I think it's like, I, I wouldn't call it brainwashing as much as I would call it, these folks were just in an echo chamber, right? Uh, because they had uh. this, you know, they were mandated to literally just not talk to anybody else. And so they only talked to each other for years and years and years and years and years Mm-hmm. And it makes this this thing that is so very clearly not reality. That's the only reality that exists in this echo chamber. And it's just it's just it's just fascinating to see how kind of the, how the human mind right can oper- operate uh-huh. like that. Where those vi- those videos and the stories they told, like the like where they went to the car wash and said bye to people and the internet had kind of just started, right? And they put stuff on the internet, come join us, we're going to catch the comet. And yep. and those videos, I mean, that those people could not have been happier about what they were doing. Could not have been happier. There was zero doubt, zero doubt in those videos to a person. And it's just, it's crazy. It's wild. It's just a wild thing. And I think, I think there are some lessons there about that, that we can take to take today, right? Where, you know, it's, it's, it's important to not be in an echo chamber. 
Something interesting that they did too was incorporate different aspects of popular culture into their religion, like Star Trek. Yeah. And um, they were trying to, they were trying to, they were doing it as like a promotional tool, like a commercial, like, oh, people are into Star Trek. And they were so into the UFOs and, and just the idea of all of, all of that. And, you know, they on their patches that they had when they died that it said a away team on it. Um, and that was one of the only shows they were allowed to watch because they had very strict rules about life. Basically, it was like you couldn't do anything like <laughs> it's like very <laughs> limited, but somehow they were rich. Like uh, somebody had left them a bunch of money. One somebody of the, had, yeah, one like of the one members. of the members, one of the members. Received an inheritance. inheritance. Like a trust fund, yeah. I mean, riches. Like, (laughs) so if you buy the house, but then you have 50 people or whatever living living in the house. But I mean, can you imagine though? For like, they lived in like, like where they lived, it was in like San Diego, right? Mm -hmm. Like this real affluent community. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if they moved in next door? Like that, you you have like this five million dollar house. Well, I mean, for cultists, they seem pretty chill. I'm just gonna be honest, like because they weren't really druggies. Like there was no really talk of. Yeah. I mean, it, maybe some it, weed or maybe, but I don't think so really. Yeah, and they and they didn't do. They didn't do sexual stuff. Right, which is they weren't allowed rare to. from a cult right. perspective. Right. Well. Other Marshall, than the wet dream chart. <laughs> right? There's that. Marshall was so afraid of his homosexuality. I think a lot of this comes from his sexuality because he was from a very religious household and his father was a minister and all that. So he had all this repression uh, when it comes to sex anyway. And whenever he would get, like, there was a young man in the cult that he had to kind of kick out. Because he's like, my vehicle is attracted to your vehicle, so we can't have that. Like yeah, that—that is how committed he was. And to by, the- by by do calling it a vehicle, right? You're disassociating it from, right. you, from you, from you, right? It's not that not that I feel this way. Mm-hmm. My vehicle has these urges, not me, right? So that that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so, and then they started, you know, with the castration, they were going to take it to the next level. But it's so funny to me the way they solve problems in this cult, because they're all very intelligent. Like they seem pretty, like smart people to pretty together people. And they, like you said, they use the internet and they, but they have this weird hive mind sort of because <laughs> they, they don't know how to pull off a castration. So they ask a priest because <laughs> obviously priests know about this. And the priest's like, yeah, no, uh, we don't know nothing about that. Um, yeah, and and then, to just the way they describe it. And what yeah. Happens. And we then they know. ended up trying it, which. <laughs> because somebody had some limited medical knowledge in their group um and then as soon as they tried it things went south and they didn't know what to do they panicked and uh and then from then on he was like yeah no we're not going to do any more of those castrations and, and you know what's funny is um like the way that like sawyer was talking about I forget, <laughs> I forget the individual's name. Was it Sorodi, Sor- Sor- right? Sorodi, yes. Yeah, Sorodi like the one who was um, who who the only one, right, who ended up being uh, 
at least castrated in house. Mm. And um And he wanted but, it so bad. Oh yeah, but the way they the way that Sawyer talked about it, like it was almost like catty. Like like I could mm-hmm. kind of recognize it from like even like like my, you know non-cult groups of friends they're like oh mm-hmm. Soroni was always at the, the first to do this and he was <laughs> always looking for attention and, and it seemed like there was like this resentment of of Soroni because he was like all, super all in mm-hmm. and number uh, one and in I, the class <laughs> yeah exactly and everybody was like you know like oh this guy always has to be the, 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 the center of attention or whatever what a suck up <laughs> <laughs> and so of course he was the one who would who was um, first in line for the castration? Mm-hmm. And Sawyer was all in at one point too, but he he had he saw it happen and he was like, "Ah, oh, fuck this, I'm out." No, he volunteered. No. He volunteered yeah. to go mm-hmm. first, right? And mm-hmm. then so Sorodi, like he like he was pissed that Sorodi got to go first, and then he was probably thanking him, you know, thanking yes! him like he absolutely. And, and they were describing the swelling and stuff. <laughs> mm, that was rough. That was rough, y'all. Um, and then they also like even T and Doe took their names from the Sound of Music um, from one of the songs yeah. in that movie, which I was it floored me. I had no idea. So that's kind of why terrifying I, somewhat to me. I don't know why. Right? It kind of is. It's like <laughs> the way they just sort of grab on to these seemingly. I mean, what does that song have to do with anything? Like. And then they show a video of them um, doing sort of a parody uh, about their cult to mm-hmm. the theme of that song, which was pretty clever. I'm not going to lie. And they were, they were good singers. So uh, still very oh, weird. Uh, the song. Very, very weird. <laughs> they, they, very they, cringe. They, yeah, they were. They were. They were pretty far gone at that point. That song was ridiculous. <laughs> I love I love the sound of music, so I was a little bit charmed by it. Oh, I mean, it was I mean I, they they weren't bad. You know, it was just it was the the, the words. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, somebody they they, they took some time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, they were way out in the left field at that point. It was it was there was no coming back at that point because <laughs> that was right before they did the suicide. So it was yeah. it was yeah. Something else that I was very impressed and surprised by i think was all of the media cover coverage that they got like even before the suicides like there there was always stuff they showed newspaper articles about when they initially showed up and like 20 people disappeared with them in the in the wilderness because they used to camp before they got all their money they would just camp outside and in the in the deserts and (laughs) and they took out they took out ads to try to get followers. They did the website. Just so much media use for a cult. Towards the end, it got to be deliberate because they wanted the government to kill them. So they did not have to commit suicide because they saw what happened with other cults. And they're, the, the FBI had no interest in them as a cult because they weren't doing anything. <laughs> Yeah, they, they were weren't like, wanting guns. Yeah, they weren't. They, so. were, they weren't doing like that's the crazy. They weren't. They really didn't do anything illegal. They right? didn't. And I mean, there's some sketchy, maybe some things, but like, yeah, I mean, legally, they didn't seem to be an issue. But 
they wanted to be so that they didn't <laughs> i don't think that marshall wanted to do the suicides i think he wanted to be he wanted to be a martyr yes yeah and the real interesting thing too is that you were free to come and go right like all like mm-hmm. all other cults like this i that at least that i'm familiar with there was a a you know what once you're in you're in and it's almost like a gang, right? Like you, you can't really get out, and if you're out, you're a, you're a tra- like you think of, I don't know, you know Scientology as an example, right? right? Yes. You're like like you're either in or you're out. You can't just leave and kind of come back. But I think that probably, at least in the followers' minds, like helped helped legitimize it, right? Like, hey, we don't have to be here, right? They're not saying we have to do this. Only do it if you want to, mm-hmm. right? And so just, yeah, and very, very interesting. And it's, it's not like they were, like, they didn't really, like, even, like, a, like it's like a lot of cults, like, they abused the people. like the mm-hmm. people, And that really didn't seem to be the case here. It's very, like, ultimately, these people were all here, like, on their own free will. True believers. Yeah, mm-hmm. true believers, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they really didn't do anything wrong. I mean, they, like you said, they weren't selling guns or drugs or trafficking anything. So, I mean, it's just a bunch of people hanging out and believing the same thing. So, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> there's really nothing the FBI or any kind of, uh, you know, federal organization is going to have. I mean, I guess if they, you know, you say uh, we're going to have a mass suicide, maybe they'll wake up a little bit. But even then, you're like these religious people that, are absolute wackadoodles to most of the most of the most of the community so like they're not going to believe they don't believe what you're saying already so they're not going to believe when you say that so i um, think i i i do think there was a bit of a failure uh, to oh, well, that, that, like they they weren't hiding this i mean i don't know no. if they, i don't know if they came out and said we're going to kill ourselves but from the way that they they went to the car wash and the you know the guy who still had the medallion and they said bye and then there like, were definite signs. <laughs> oh, and like the person who the the the, the, the ex member who mm-hmm. they had come find them mm-hmm. said he got the letter in the mail. I don't know that I that I believe that. I don't either. <laughs> you know, I don't like, either. I mean, like that. They they were open enough about this that somebody could have stepped in and stopped it, and I think probably Logan, it's to your point, they just thought these people were wacky and this was just another wacky thing. Like most of what they said wasn't true in their mind, so why would that be true? Why would they be telling the truth in that situation? So it's just it's all fucked up. <laughs> it's just basically what it comes down to. And since they were big UFO fans and, you know, that was a big part of what they believed when the Hellbop Comet uh, started becoming visible and it was discovered that there was something with the Comet. There's some sort of companion to the Comet. Something is following along with the Comet and... Eventually, they just decided that this was T coming back to pick them up and that they were all going to the next level. Um, it, What an incredible, like, I thought was thinking about this the other day, like, what would it have been if this comet didn't show up at this time? Because it was, all of it seemed 
like right on time with what they believed you know as marshall's getting older older he talks about she's coming back um she's gonna pick us up and all of a sudden they're hearing about there's a companion (laughs) with this comet and it just sort of fits right into their narrative but it's like how do we leave our vehicles how is she gonna pick us up yeah and i think it speaks back to shaping the narrative to fit Mm -hmm. reality right so there wasn't, and so the, the 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 thing behind the comment was a conspiracy theory, right? Exactly. And they they, but they bought it, they believed it, mm-hmm. and they they talked in the documentary that they went and got high powered telescopes. Yes. And looked, and they didn't see anything, and their response was the telescopes are broken. It's broken. They tried to take it back and said we didn't see shit. <laughs> so if, the, if I it love that if, if it wasn't hail bop. I mean, Y2K, it's mm. something, right? There's, there's mm. something, something, something else would have been T coming back for them, right? Whatever that might be. They were, when you're, you're looking, you know, yet you have this, and it, it wasn't in a, a apocalyptic cult, but it was very similar, right? Mm. In that, like these apocalyptic cults, like you're looking, you you you're, you believe the apocalypse is going to happen on X and X day. Mm-hmm. So as that day approaches, you're looking, you know, day to day stuff is actually a sign of the apocalypse, right? And that's what what's happening here. It's they 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 believed in all their hearts that she was going to come back. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he's getting older. Mm-hmm. If he just dies of natural causes, well, now that just kind of blows the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Blows the whole thing out of the water. So, conveniently, the hail pops. Conveniently, you guys. Conveniently. It could have been a, a balloon <laughs> or some other type of UFO that we decided to shoot down. <laughs> yeah, I think it was it, it was very convenient. Um, I think Doe saw that and was like, I oh, mean, I need to latch onto this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think as he got older, he got more desperate for signs or you know, just looking for something to make sense of it all and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think when this happened, he was like, all right, this is a sign. Or, or I mean, in his mind, this is the sign that I've been looking for. So this is what I'm going to latch on to. This is T coming back to get us. Uh, and we need to figure out a way that we can uh, meet her in the middle or something to that effect. So, yeah, this was a very, very convenient in a way. But I think it was just something for Doe to latch on to because, like I said, he was getting older. And, you know, if he dies, then, like, the whole belief system probably is out the door. Because, you know, I probably would have backed out when T died because it's like, mm-hmm. well, you're supposed to be this, like, great chosen person. Like, if you're dying of, like, cancer, something earthly, then, like, eh. I don't know if I believe what you've been saying this whole time. <laughs> yeah, and not to bring up Scientology again, but <laughs> when it's it's similar when L. Ron Hubbard and like me, mm-hmm. we may do this documentary, so we won't probably into it. But when L. Ron Hubbard died, they described it as he had completed he had completed his I forget what they call them, but he had completed the stages of learning mm-hmm. in his in his earthly body, and then is now graduated to an even higher level of learning that is done outside the body that was the that was the explanation for his for his death so it's like that's just how these how how these belief systems operate and Uh, they they take it they take it from 
you know, more mainstream belief mm-hmm. systems. Um, yep. Like, they took a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, like, if you look at, you know, Christianity, right? It's mm-hmm. that, you know, Jesus, Jesus died and, and, and rose again. He didn't die, right? I'm, you know, this is not a, uh, you know, I am, a, I am cool with everybody's beliefs, but I think that they, they're, they're <laughs> taking, they're, but they, they're definitely borrowing, Jenny, mm-hmm. like you said. They're borrowing from more mainstream religions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think maybe it, maybe even if Doe does die before they get to the f- final stage or wh- whatever the you know the, the mass suicide was called in their you know belief system the the final thing, um, maybe maybe some of the group would have been so deep dove into it you know that maybe they still would have carried Damn it out. It. Um, I mean, they probably would have lost quite a few. I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly the number that end up commit suicide, but I think thirty nine. That's a thirty nine. Yeah. So maybe fifteen leave, and fifteen are still just so into, or fourteen are so into it that they just, you know, um, it's just. I mean, maybe that happens. Maybe they all are like, "Oh man, this is a crock of shit." This the way we've been believing in this the whole time, and uh, it just fell apart uh, just like that. So, I mean, I, I think. I think some of them still would have gone through with it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think they would have lost a lot. If, though, it, well, it must be so hard. It must yeah. be so hard when, when like when you've been in that echo chamber for years mm-hmm. and years and years, and it's it's yeah. like I it's I try to put myself in, in their shoes, right? Like it's as it is as real to them as like 100%. as like the TV that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. right now right like there's no question in my mind that that tv is there <laughs> right and like that's how real it is to them and to to have that to to really be able to say it's wrong that's not true mm-hmm. like i think in a lot of ways they would almost rather die and that might be mm-hmm. part of part of dough like Doe is really kind of the culprit in this whole thing, in that he, you know, he was very clearly mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And Jenny, you touched on it, right? He had, um, you know, shame about who he was. And I think after T passed, T died. I think he didn't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And he took all these people down with him, essentially, right? Like on um, his death march, and it's a, it's just a sad thing. Well, you know, he they he kind of turned them into like a little, I don't know, like a little troop. Like he made them do, you know, songs, and you know, <laughs> that was what his job was before the cult. You know, he was a musician and you know an actor and all this so i think he just just created his own little world in this made-up religion and and even if he had died before they could do it like chances are they were so i mean they were so in at that point that they probably would have come up with some sort of justification uh, just like he did when t died you know it would have been some sort of some sort of group think to cover up, you know, or to, to explain his death, you know, it ca- it probably would have kept going. Honestly, I think they, and, I think they would have brainwashed themselves into some other little. Yeah. And then scenario. even though, like they, they even talk about that person, the guy who wasn't there 
like how many times did he attempt suicide before he finally did it right mm-hmm. like before like he had what it was at least at least one or mm-hmm. two unsuccessful attempts and they interviewed him right i think they, they got interviewed on tv right they said are you gonna try to kill yourself again he yeah. basically said yep yep he did <laughs> and he finally ended up being successful mm-hmm. like it was just you know that that's you would have definitely had a number of people doing exactly that and I think this documentary is is just so intimate because it shows all of the, not all, but a lot of the footage that the members themselves made, all of their, what they called exit interviews before they did um, the, with the masters. With all, they, but you know, it, it was so haunting, like, because they mm-hmm. looked. Like they all were just, I mean, some of them I looked a little bit uncomfortable, but for the most <laughs> part, they just looked like they just wanted to do it. And they just seemed like the nicest cultists I've ever seen. You know, they just <laughs> seemed like so such sweet people. And it kept coming across to me how nice they seemed. And I thought it was really interesting in the documentary when I think it was the behaviorist pointed out that they all took on the emotions mm. of the leader mm-hmm. in the video, like how they talked about when when Doe talked about T, he would choke up. Yes. And then in every video when they talked when the individuals talked about T, they would choke up. Mm-hmm. Like Doe was like 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 you described it as groupthink, Jenny. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a good, it's a good description. But it's just it's, it's fascinating. Fascinating how how it works. And it's so funny because all there's not much footage of T. Like there's not like you see Doe preaching and start because they did like public access TV. Yeah. They would try to get their message out that way. They would, you know, he looked like a Baptist preacher talking to you about Jesus is what he looked like to me. And but with T, she the footage that you see of her, she's just like sitting quietly in the meetings. She's never talking. You know, she doesn't look like a leader at all. So to me, I'm like, what did this lady do? <laughs> um, in, in a personal way with them to be so enamored of her, even after she died. Yeah. I, so there I, had to be these one-on-one. There had to point. be some sort, because they just seem <laughs> yeah. so, I don't know, so weird. Yeah, they had to have some kind of one-on-one sessions, and I think she was just a real balancing act for Doe. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that was really her big. Like, he, he she, she meant a lot to him, so in t- in turn, that means that they she meant a lot to everybody. Like, mm. if if he, if she's that important to this other guy, then she's obviously very very important. But I think there's probably definitely some one-on-one situations uh, where they got to know her better, and maybe she had like a little class that she uh, led or something like that. Mm. There's just not footage or you know pictures or whatever. But like you said, if any picture, or what little video they have of her, she's real subdued and she's just kind of sitting there, uh, just you know nodding her head like saying yep what what he said you know Mm -hmm. uh kind of talking about what doe's talking about so but yeah i mean there had to be some kind of one-on-one sessions of some sort and yeah i I think it was more that she just meant so much to him that maybe in that way that you know they could see that so maybe that made them feel that she was super duper important to the whole situation which she was great great point Logan. he's like the front man of the band and she's like 
the brains. <laughs> the brains behind the operation. She writes all the lyrics, yeah. but he yeah. conveys it. Yeah, I mean, it, he definitely was a showman for sure. Like he he could preach. Like it looked, you know, legit as far as his. Well, cult cult leaders have a an array of charisma. He doesn't seem to be high on the list, but he kind of looked he was, you know. Um, yeah, and I think he had a very well. He had a very calm mm. demeanor, yeah. right? And I mean, Gentle. you know, nine hundred and yeah. ninety-nine out of a thousand people that listen to this guy are just going to walk away. <laughs> right, and, uh, you're, you're completely out of your mind. Um, but he did connect with that one, and that's yep. both that followed him. Yeah. So towards the end. Um, it was, I'm trying to find the exact date, March 22nd, because it took place over about three days. So March 22nd of 97. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Um, so they, like y'all said, they said goodbye to people in the, you know, community that knew them. They had a final meal. I saw. I heard chicken pot pie and then turkey pot pie. So I don't know uh, which they one. Pot pie. Pot pie. <laughs> potato, potato. On that Something one. like that. Not, and they all had the same meal. Um, and then they took phenobarbital mixed with applesauce or pudding and washed it down with vodka. Um, and then they put plastic bags over their heads, and they were all dressed alike with their black uh, shirts and then their sweatpants and then the Nike decades um, that they got a good deal on, which was the reason that they bought them because they were very fiscally minded cults. They kept track of every cent um, and they, I'm sure they had like 85 spreadsheets. So they had their all all, uh, matching shoes and uh, their heaven's gate away team patches and their bags and the, and the change yeah and the change in their pocket yeah they had five dollars and 75 cents um which was from a mark twain story that said it was the cost to ride the tail of a comet to heaven that's another pop culture reference that they just kind of sh- scooped in there I, I guess i mean that's fine um <laughs> and then they kind of took care of each other you know as they would die um, they would move, remove the head and pose the body and put the purple cloth over them. Um, Doe the, was one of the last ones, though, to go. Yeah, they said, but they thought... The, they did I it think, in groupings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be after the first group. Like, mm-hmm. they, they, like the, there were two, they said, they that didn't have the bags, right? Because, yeah, the last because, ones. Because mm-hmm. they were... Um, or they didn't have, they weren't covered. I'm they sorry. didn't have the blankets. Because right. they didn't yeah. have anyone to cover them, cover essentially. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being those two? I mean, <sighs> as much as you believe, right? Like, it's got to be somewhat in your mind. Like, man. Or, you know, I could just from witnessing their video and everything, I could see it being, I mean, I, I don't know how the body was going to react if it's drugged and then asphyxiated. But I can't imagine kind of that it's, asleep, right? I guess it's peaceful. So if it's peaceful, then I could see them like being very loving and make it like a ritual. 
you know, but if anything freaks out, like, I don't know, like, it's, it's amazing to me that everything just went right with everybody else that the last two just went, okay, this is what we're going to do. And (laughs) I think they're just in a, such a state of euphoria at that point, like they're going to, they're going to finally get to this place that they've been working their entire or most of their entire lives to achieve. So I, you, you should have that emotion. You should be like, man, this is, this is wrong. And this just looks wrong and nothing about this is right. Um, but I think at that point, they're just so into the mindset of the group and the belief system that like, I, they're just like, man, this is the day we're finally going to get to do this. This is the way that we get to where we've always wanted to be uh, since we joined this group. So I, I, I would hope as a human, you would be like, man, this is just not, not right. This is wrong. Uh, some, something about this just isn't sitting well with me, but I, I just, I feel like they were so into that mindset that it just, it probably was euphoric for them. Yeah, I agree. And if that's the case, then look, they, they did what they wanted to do. And I have, I, <laughs> it's just a lot of emotions when I think about these Absolutely. people because they're not doing wrong things really. Like they're so you can hate like a Jim Jones or whatever because of the abuse and the drugs and blah blah blah, everything that happened there. But well this one it just seems like almost gentle in in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they did do what they wanted to do. Yeah. So yeah. It was hundred yeah, percent free will mm-hmm. to as much as you know, Yeah, I mean go shaping that will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just don't seem like bad people. I mean, even the exit interviews that you were talking about earlier, they're they're so genuine and they they speak so highly of everybody that that they've been with for all these years, their leaders and stuff like that. So it's not, and, you know, from the families that you do hear from, you know, that they seem like they were good people before they left. Um, Obviously, maybe some people feel that they were terrible for leaving, but it's just, you know, before they were there, they were great parents or great Mm -hmm. daughters or great mothers or whatever. But it's just, yeah, I mean, it's just sad and tragic and just catastrophic, kind of like Roger has said a couple of times. Just, yeah. No, no, I was just going to ask for last final thoughts. Final thoughts for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Strong. Strong documentary. I, I I really liked it. I really liked how it. Um, I think I think the listeners, right? And I think us. So the way we've talked about this is we we haven't talked about it like it's a group of, you know, horrible people, right? Mm-hmm. Like they really humanized. They did. The, the documentary humanized this group and um, allowed at least me. I I was very empathetic throughout throughout the documentary and really really. It's a weird thing, right? Because I felt bad, but like, should I feel? Should I feel bad? Yeah. Like you said, Jenny, they did what they wanted to do, but I think I should still feel bad because what they wanted to do, I believe, in my heart of hearts, was was misguided and something. Unfortunately, but all in all, great documentary and a great great kickoff to our new our new show here. I I very much enjoyed the conversation. Me too. I've been wanting to talk about this one for a while. So um, we didn't really settle on doing any awards, but I, I, I don't know. I think with this one, 
I, I couldn't really even come up with anything funny or silly to yes, and I, work, yeah, I think, you I know? It would probably be inappropriate. It, <laughs> I feel like it might be. As yeah. much as I could joke about literally anything that happens, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, for the show, do we need something to sort of wrap this up? But really, I, I think just a recommendation to watch the the documentary is is kind of all we need. Yeah, this was definitely a strong one to start with. I, I really enjoyed watching the four episodes. Uh, I crammed it all in in one night um, in preparation to record it at another date. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, you you have to feel bad uh, for it. Uh, but like, kind of like Roger said, they did what they set out to do. So I mean, I, you 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 still feel bad as a human, and with your whatever your beliefs are, I would hope that you feel bad for them that they deep dove this so much that it just it got out of control. Um, but I mean, they they did what they wanted to do. So it, it I, in a way, you got to kind of be happy for them at the same time. But um, yeah, strong one to start out with, and I'm looking forward to watching a few few others for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, again, uh, we will take some recommendations if anybody has any for good cult documentaries. I have several in mind as well. Um, so we will kind of keep that under wraps until we decide what we want to do. But um, as far as uh, other podcasts or other things that you want to promote, do you have anything going on, Cowboy? This week in the NFL, I'll be back next season. That is my only other. Uh, my <laughs> only, only, the only other, the only other work I do here. I only do things I have passion for. These you know, documentaries and sports. That's right, right at the top of the list. So we'll be back next year with Mister <laughs> with Mister J A E and my wonderful father, Cowboy Senior. Can't wait for that one. The only reason for football season. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Logan? I know you have at least one or two or twelve. Yeah, I have about eight or nine, but I, I'll stick to the north-south connection for uh, for these plugs. Um, Seven months of danger. I do that with Sean Kidd, Scott Shiflett, uh, Matt Souza, and Jake joins us for pay-per-views and clashes. Uh, that's going through the Dangerous Alliance uh, storyline. That whole group uh, from the formation to the eventual breakup. Uh, we're about half, a little over halfway through that one. Uh, we've got about four recording sessions left, I think, uh, which we do two episodes per recording session. So we've got about eight episodes left in that one. And then uh, I am on this month's uh, stretch of uh, Ruthlessly Aggressive. So he's starting to kind of do it a month at a time, doing the whole build to the pay-per-view. So I'm on the first month. All righty. Check all of that stuff out from Logan. And then every Wednesday right here, you can find one of my shows. I've been doing a lot of, you heard about Pluto episodes. The last couple were Breaking Bad. We did, me and JT Rosero did an episode of that. And then um, there should be one with Steve Riddle where we talked about freaking one of those Gordon Ramsay shows. It's called Hell's, Hell's Kitchen. Kitchen. Hell's yeah. Kitchen. That's it. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, so that was fun. And um, for my wrestling stuff, right here on no so you can find me on the extreme three-way dance going through the history of ecw also i've been doing some drafting stuff on no holds barred with jt and aaron and uh gaggle of morons and so you can find everything that i do linked on twitter at jenny position thank you guys for listening and thank you boys for joining me on this documentary journey boldly go where no man has gone before 